Welcome to the show today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are coming to you from Washington, D.C., the day before the National March for Life, the 49th Annual March for Life, uh, in spite of D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser's vaccine passport mandate for virtually any large building, hotel, venue, restaurant, bar. But people are expecting hundreds of thousands of pro-lifers anyways because this may be the final March for Life before the overturning of Roe versus Wade with the Supreme Court decision expected in June. So be praying for our Supreme Court that they make the right decision and overturn this wicked decision. But we're doing a series of interviews with pro-life leaders and friends. And so this is an interview with my new friend, Christine Yergin. Christine is a pro-life speaker and ambassador for Turning Point USA and Students for Life of America. She's a social media influencer. She was pressured to abort and offered a lot of money to do so many years ago, but she embraced life for her son, Noah, who is now nearly 14 years old. She's speaking at the National Pro-Life Summit, and she uses her platform and influence to help support the baby registries of mothers who have rejected abortion and chosen life, works with pregnancy resource centers to help love on these women when the pregnancy center doesn't have enough funds or resources to do so. She is saving babies, changing minds, changing hearts, and she is a mama bear who's leading in this moment where the culture of death is on the rise and families, parents, are standing up for life and liberty. I think this interview is gonna bless you. Buckle up, you're in for a treat. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. Well, Christine, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fun being in the pro-life space. You see all of the like-minded mutual friends on social media all the time, <laughs> you know, and we always like each other's content, And uh, but we live all over the country. And so this is actually our first time meeting in person, um, but you've been doing great work and, and you actually had an opportunity to, to speak life to a degenerate group of Los Angeles wokey woke millennials mm. uh, recently because I, they wanted me, but I, I was like, I'm not going to do that. Oh, okay, and so sorry. I was, I was proud of you for doing that. So our paths have been crossing and we will get into that, but we're in DC um, mm -hmm. for the, is this the 49th? Uh, annual March for Life. Yes, it is. Because the first March for Life was the first month that Roe v. Wade was decided. Correct. Um, which a lot of people don't know. I mean, you had January 22nd, 1973, and there was a March for Life yeah. that month. Uh, so this this month marks 49 years since Roe versus Wade. And so we're here in D.C. You've got meetings, podcasts, interviews. You'll be speaking at the Pro-Life Summit. Yep. Um, but for people who don't know you and don't follow you, I wanted to dive into your story because um, so many pro-life leaders and pro-life speakers have really cool stories. Yeah. Um, mine, I guess, is cool, but it's not. It's it doesn't come from an unplanned pregnancy. It doesn't sure. come from an abortion survivor. Those are the stories that are so powerful because it presents such a upside down narrative yeah. to the culture of death, yeah. which is that women need abortion. They need to be empowered. They need abortion to be equal with men. Mm -hmm. um, and yet, your story is just tips that narrative completely on right. its head. And that's why you right. care so much about it. So so just dive into who you are, how how God has brought you to the place you're at, and why you care so much about life. Yeah, so um, when I was younger, I was 20 years old, a uh, college student. I grew up kind of in a Christian household. Um, I was pro-life, but we never really like dove into the topic of abortion. I didn't really mm. know much about it. I just kind of knew like, that's killing babies. We don't do that. Yeah. Um, and when, when I was in college, I wasn't necessarily 
I'll say I, I knew Jesus, but I wasn't walking with him. Mm. Um, I was looking for attention and affirmation in all the wrong places. And then I landed myself in an unplanned pregnancy. And um, my son's father did not uh, want me to have a baby. He said, you know, a baby's not going to happen right now. It's not in my future. I'm not, I, I, I don't see a child in my future right now. And, and understandable, I was 20, he was 23. We were mm. both very young. Um, he had a great career ahead of him. And <laughs> I, I said, I don't think I can have an abortion. Um, and I, I think I want to have this baby. And then we didn't talk for quite some time. And then later I heard from him and he offered me $50,000 to have an abortion. And, um, oh my gosh. yeah. And I told him to, <clears throat> so he was doing pretty well, I guess, with his, uh, he was pursuit of happiness. He was, um, <laughs> wow. and, and it, I'll get in, in his defense later, but, um, I told him at the time I said, you know, these are my morals and my values. And I didn't even really know what I was standing for or how much like this would mean to me later in life. But at the time I was like, no, these are my morals and values. You're not going to do that. You can take that money and shove it where the sun don't shine in not so nice words. Um, so, you know, here we are 14 wow. years later. I have a almost 14 year old child. Um, his name is Noah. He's absolutely the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I don't like telling that story without saying his dad is now involved. His dad changed his mind. Circumstances are not permanent. People wow. can change their minds that's all right. the time. That's right. um, and he's got a beautiful relationship with his dad, which is so awesome. Oh, that's so good to hear. <laughs> so that's kind of what really started me, right. started my passion for this. Right. Um, actually, I didn't wow. even mention, I, t I took plan B um, too, thinking that that was something that you did. I should have. I don't know. I just thought people did that, yeah. you know, um, but it was two pills. And I, I decided after taking the first one, I was like, I don't, I don't like this. Wow. I don't, I don't know what this is. I don't know what it's doing. I don't even know why people take this. And I right. threw the other one out of the window of my car. Wow. Um, so you were 20. Yeah. I was scared. I was young. Wow. I understand how, where women come from when they're in those shoes. You know, yeah. people say you haven't had that experience before. And I'm like, no, yes, I have. And I know the fear that comes with it. And I know when you don't have the support yeah. or even when you're bribed to have an abortion, I know what that feels yeah. like. So I want to be that person for other women yeah. and be there to love them and support them. Wow. So that's kind of what started it. That's amazing, Christine. Uh, a lot of women, they actually go into debt yeah. to get their abortion. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember uh, watching some of the hearings recently. It wasn't it wasn't for Dobbs, but it was a few months before that when they had a hearing on the Hill in regards to the Texas bill. Mm -hmm. um, and this is when they had <clears throat> Melissa Odin, yeah. uh, who's a good friend She's of this great. show, um, as well as the, um, the president of Un uh, United Americans for Life. Um, and her name's slipping me right now. And those were the only pro-life voices they had. And they had a bunch of pro-abortion voices, of course. Mm -hmm. of Alleged course legal experts from UC Irvine. Right. And then random women that they zoomed in. And one of these women was discussing how much she went into debt mm. to get her abortion. And they were talking about this like, this was a horrible thing. Of course, yeah. like you and I go, well, like you could have not killed your child. Right. Because right. The, the, what they're saying is the fundamental circa 1970s line, women need abortion to to pursue and secure the equal career success right. that men can have. Right. Because we have these pesky uteruses Christine, and they prevent us from being able to crush it right. in corporate America because we have to take all this time off. 
And so it, you're like, what an opposite narrative. Like, you, what a great well, deal if, you if had, we Christine. Ha- we're not equal to men. Come on, you men. could have cashed out. <laughs> Even with abortion, we're not equal to men if we have to kill our children That's to right. be equal. Yeah. That's not equal. Yeah. That's still oppression. We're just redistributing the oppression onto yeah. our children. Right. Um, so we're not equal if we're not supporting women who have children and, right. and you know, telling them they can do this. And that's what a lot of women really need to hear. Like, that's it. That's Amen. all I needed to hear Amen. was, you can do this. It's going to be okay. Well, that's the secret, right, Christine, is the secret is that um, the pro-choice marketing and language to women is one of the most anti-women things possible. Yeah. Even, and now you and I would say, oh, yeah, the pre-born woman who's killed. That's yes. not very anti- pro-woman. Yes. But I mean, putting the unborn child aside, who is the fundamental center of the abortion debate that's a baby with rights but telling women that that they can't succeed mm-hmm. unless they have abortion it's not right. a very pro-woman thing to say um and so you know the culture would tell you you're a fool christine right. you, you could have gotten fifty thousand dollars used less than a thousand of that to get the abortion Mm-hmm. And cashed out with 49K. Come on, what's wrong with you? It's just a blob of tissue. I know. Uh, and yet your blob of tissue is with us today. Yeah. Um, 14, oh, you said almost 14 years old. He'll be 14 in February. So, uh, and and his name is... Noah. Noah. So, um, maybe we'll, I'll, I'll ask Noah later, but as his mom, what has that been like for him living in a culture that tells him that he had no rights? Yeah, uh, when when he was part of your body, right, right. Which he obviously is very opposed to abortion. He was like, "I'm here. I love my life. I love my friends." That's he actually right. advocates for life with me. Um, but I remember him finding out about abortion. I don't even remember off the top of my head how he found out about it. But he was about mm. eleven, and I talked to him, and and I just I was like, "You're old enough at this point to kind of know how abortion is performed." And if I don't tell you, somebody else is going to tell you it's a blob of tissue, or it's right. it's nothing. It's not even a baby. There's no heartbeat. So I told him, and um, I told him the different methods, and I told him that, you know, there's the babies can be dismembered, yep. and he immediately just started bawling. And and that's, like, children value life inherently. That's right. Like, they, it's just in them to that's value exactly life. Right. And he was like, why would anybody do that? That's right. And that's, that's the question that we still have today. <laughs> I mean, it, it boils down to money is that's what exactly it is. That's exactly right. Um, I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old, Christine. And when my four-year-old was uh, under two, he still wasn't even quite two yet, but he's very articulate and Mm -hmm. sort of advanced. And I help. (laughs) Which also means that he's a lot to handle. So my (laughs) wife's constantly like, oh, he's just like you. Um, but I showed him a picture of those embryoscopy photos, mm-hmm. right? So it's not, it's not actually ultrasound photos. Right. It's the embryoscopy, the camera yes. inserted up the birth canal, takes thousands of photos of the baby mm-hmm. and stitches it together like NASA stitches together photos that they take with the Hubble telescope. Yeah. So it is a true representation of the baby. It's just enhanced because it's tons of photos stitched right. together. And so I, I think I showed him a picture of an eight or nine week in week unborn baby yeah. in the womb and I just told my son Cedar I said hey Cedar what's this mm-hmm. he's not even two or, or maybe he's barely two and and he looks at it and he says baby <laughs> so, so I, made a jo- I made a joke online I said <clears throat> when your two-year-old is smarter than the entire Democrat senator <laughs> you know than yeah, the no entire joke. Democrat party no and so you're exactly right of course that children everyone begins pro-life Mm-hmm. Until they get indoctrinated you into have to Planned Parenthood their view ideology, of life <laughs> yeah. in order to get them to support abortion, That's right. which is so heartbreaking that we would even do that. Yeah. 
But it, it, again, it boils down to money. It's not to support women. It's not pro-woman. It's, you know, Planned Parenthood lying to women, manipulating women. We know that. Yep. But, you know, like you said, all the Democrat senators, representatives, they choose to ignore that. I think they yep. know it. They choose to ignore it. Oh, no, you're totally right. So. They, they totally know. And that's why they vetoed the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act dozens Oh, you know what they also times. didn't hear was the uh, there was a bill introduced that would um, allow women to claim unborn babies on their taxes. That's right. And Democrats wouldn't even hear it yep. because then you have to admit that it is a baby. Yep. But they use that argument a lot. Well, if it's if it's a baby, then why can't we claim them on our taxes? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, somebody introduced a bill for that <laughs> that's and right. you guys didn't want to do anything with it. So. Oh, well, here's another one. Here's a third one. Uh, the Delaware Attorney General. Her, I, her name just slipped my mind. But the Delaware Attorney General just sued a city called Seaford. It's just a city in Delaware. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, The Attorney General of the state sued one of her own cities in the state that she's Attorney mm -hmm. General for. Why? Because this city uh, passed an ordinance requiring that aborted babies or miscarried babies are buried or cremated. Mm -hmm. And now here's why they got pissed. The parent has to pick. Um, how they want the remains of their baby disposed of. Right. And if they do select, if they do make a selection, <clears throat> they have to pay for it. So, so it, to the crazy pro-aborts, that's right, to the crazy pro-aborts, <clears throat> they're thinking, oh, shoot, this law teaches that unborn babies are humans. Yeah. And so women who are coming in to pay for an abortion, which helps us a lot because Planned Parenthood helps our re-election campaigns, and so I got I to gotta advocate for abortion. Right. Now that woman can't, pull herself away from reality by telling herself it's reproductive justice and it's an insensate blob of tissue. Yeah. Now she has to mark here, oh, how do I want the cadaver of my infant after he's killed to be treated? Right. Well, that's going to make her more likely to reject abortion, even though the, the ordinance in the city did nothing to actually prohibit or restrict abortion. It just Correct. made a parent yeah. make that decision. And the attorney general lost her ever-loving mind, and now they're suing a city because of that, because they won't let anything teach about the humanity. But it's the same with the ultrasounds. You know, right. when you, there's multiple states have laws where you have to see an ultrasound and Planned yeah. Parenthood doesn't want us to show you the ultrasound. <laughs> uh, right. Because we know eight out of 10 women will choose life if they see the ultrasound. It just, it just right. brings the humanity. And when you see, oh, what do I have to do with the rema remains of the baby? You're like, remains? It's not even. <laughs> I thought a, it was what, a blob of tissue. Yeah, exactly. It's just a clump of cells. Doesn't yeah. that just go down the sink? That's right. Um, so I, I think it just brings the humanity to to everyone else's knowledge who That's doesn't right. know because they're indoctrinated in schools and, yep. you know, by politicians. So I think, right. I mean, really, it just goes to show you they don't want women to be educated. Yep. And how anti-woman is that if we don't educate women, if we don't allow them to I have I thought they were pro-choice. Right, Chrissy. correct. You know, it, I think the most woman pro-woman thing you can do while abortion exists is educate a woman. Here's what happens when you keep the baby. We know you can parent, you can choose adoption, but yep. here's what happens in an abortion. That's this right. is how it's performed. And if you have a heart procedure or a brain surgery, you're going to ask tons of questions and they're going to tell you, you know, there's nothing wrong with being that's informed. Right. And that's, that's what right. we need to be doing for women. That's right. Yep. Because <clears throat> most people will reject abortion from a gut level, Yeah. from a self-evident level. Um, so that's why you have to use language mm -hmm. to manipulate reality, to hide the humanity of the unborn yeah. and tell women, hey, you, you can't really be equal. You can't really succeed in the workplace unless you have abortion. Yep. So when the state and the government and big tech and big 
media um, are all colluding together with the same abortion agenda, communities get smaller, don't they? Mm -hmm. Because we recognize the importance of advocating for life and liberty at the local level. And this is why you saw this amazing movement of mama bears and papa bears in this last year blasting their school boards. Oh, yeah. Running for city council. So domestic terrorists, right? (laughs) Unite. Yeah, Merrick Garland, thank you. Uh, Yes, we are domestic terrorists. Uh, According to Merrick Garland, though, of course, if you burn down black-owned businesses and light half of D.C. on fire... Uh, you're a mostly peaceful social justice advocate. Right. Um, but if you're like They're me and Christine warm, and you, you tell know? your school board to take their critical race theory, Planned Parenthood, sex ed written curriculum somewhere else, it. then you're a domestic terrorist. Very interesting. My point, though, is when tyranny is on the rise, <clears throat> everything becomes smaller. Everything mm-hmm. becomes more local because <clears throat> people begin to recognize, man, I don't have as much control um, in influencing the government yeah. for righteousness and life. Um, at that larger level, but I can do something local. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's a lot of what you have done as well. And you started a wonderful uh, organization called Be Their Village, yeah. which is beautiful because, because the family, right, the smallest political unit, is what helps keep evil in check. Mm-hmm. But when evil is targeting families, it, it's really the responsibility of all of us to have that same type of mindset about our neighbors, yeah. not just our biological children or our adopted children to be their village, but also to be the village for others, to yeah. provide a haven and protection for those who are being targeted. Yeah. And my understanding is that was sort of your heart and vision with what you're doing. So share with us kind of how God moved you from choosing life to being a voice for life, mm-hmm. to building out a pretty um, significant platform in advocating for life online, particularly, I think, Instagram. Yeah. Um, and and tell us a little bit about Be Their Village as well. Yeah. So it, it started on social media. Um, I, I used to be a mom blogger. Uh, so I had, I think I was right around like maybe 10,000 followers at the cool. time. And I worked with different brands and uh, like Oreo or Costco or Band-Aid and, you know, cool. made money doing that. And it was great. And I got a lot of free products and I made a lot of money, but it wasn't very fulfilling. Sure. Like I got to a point where I was like... Yeah. I'm censoring myself online, like yeah. who I really am and what I'm really concerned about. Yeah. And my husband gets an earful when he comes home. Um, so I, I decided to kind of like make that shift from being a mom blogger more to talking about the pro-life movement and just being a conservative mom in general and wow. conservative values. Um, lost thousands of followers, but then I gained a lot more because people especially, this was end of 2019 beginning of 2020 so it hasn't even been that long uh, yeah. people are really craving those bold voices right now yeah. um, and even still they're craving those bold, bold voices uh, so I started talking about being pro-life online and I got a message from a woman and she said I don't know if you're gonna see this I live in Maine um, I just wow. wanted you to know I'm pro-life I got pregnant and I scheduled an abortion I was praying to God and asking for help and when I wow. uh, <clears throat> opened Instagram I saw a pro-life post and I canceled my appointment so that was absolutely beautiful wow. to hear, you know, and I was post? moved. Yeah, it was wow. just, a, just a, I don't even, she didn't even tell me which post it was. I asked her wow. and she's like, I don't even know. It's just a pro-life one. And I was like, I didn't even know I was making a difference. Wow. You know, you don't know unless somebody tells you or you get a comment or they, you know, you hear from them, which it kind of stinks in that way of, you know, you're doing something good and speaking up, but you don't necessarily know what you're, <coughs> what kind of difference you're making or whose mind you're changing unless you hear yeah. back. So you have to keep going and That's eventually true. you will hear from someone. And yeah. I did. And that was kind of like God just saying, like, keep going. You're on the right path. Yeah. But I didn't think her choosing life, I didn't 
think me helping in that way of just an Instagram post was enough. And so that's where I kind of was like, maybe my followers would jump in. At this point, most of the like crazy people have left. There's people who are <laughs> pro-abortion and aren't going to support this woman anyway have yeah. left. So maybe the people who are here still will. And they did. They wanted to jump in within 24 hours. The I, I did a baby registry on Amazon. Wow. Within 24 hours, it filled. And they were like, can we do it again? Wow. Can we do it again? That's like, who so else can cool. we help? Do you have any more moms? Can you find more moms? And I'm thinking... Yeah okay, how do I do this? Like, if you guys want to help and if you guys want to give to these moms, I'll do whatever I can to find them wow. for you. Um, so I started preg- uh, partnering with pregnancy resource centers in my area. Good. And when they have a woman who was pro-abortion uh, or minded, yeah. she was <clears throat> scheduling abortion or canceled one. Um, they call me and say, hey, we have somebody who's financially mm. unstable. Can you help? Wow. I throw up a little bit about their story because I think a lot of people love to hear that. You know, they can write checks to pregnancy resource centers and yeah. you know it's going to a great cause like they, it always is your yeah, money's yeah. going to something good but you don't see it right. and I think this is something different that I do is I share the story anonymously of course you know yeah, here's yeah. the mom's story um in specific the first one that I did she lost her husband lost his job due to COVID excuse me boyfriend wow. lost his job due to COVID they already had a kid they were living with their parents didn't know how they were going to do it Um, So I shared that anonymously and they feel like they know them at that point. And then they go in and they pick out what they want to buy. And since then I've done more and more and they've, they started filling within like 45 minutes. No longer is it 24 hours. Like, and then I get people (laughs) mad at me that they couldn't jump in and help women. And I'm like, people say we don't care about women. I'm like, you, you don't know the pro-life movement. Like you don't know pro-life people. They, they will literally give the shirt off their back, the shoes off of their feet. If it means helping a woman and supporting them. And we've helped all kinds of women. A couple of my favorite stories are there was a woman who yes, um, had, she had taken the abortion pill okay. and she did the reversal, which if you don't know, there is an abortion pill reversal. Mm. Um, and I know you know, but for anyone listening, she did the reversal and it ended up saving both of her babies. She was pregnant with twins. No Didn't way. know that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So we did one and for they her. they were both fine? Yeah. Wow. Both fine. Two little boys. Absolutely beautiful. beautiful. I got oh to meet goodness. them. And then more recently, uh, another one we did was a woman who was with an abusive boyfriend. They were homeless, living in a van. Wow. And a pregnancy resource center convinced her to leave him because he was abusing her while she was pregnant. And she now has uh, wow. housing. She has it. She was in a safe housing community for a while, but she's gotten enough to rent a room and a home. And she's got a job and she's like getting on her feet. So we helped her out. Wow. Um, and I told her, you know. And, and uh, that's what a lot of people will say of pro-abortion people. You know, well, what about after the baby? You know, what yeah. about once the baby's here? And I say, call me. That's right. If you need something, Christine, aren't you just a pro-birther? Well, I am. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't pro-life. take that offensively. You just want that baby to be born and then you don't give two diddly squats I know. about their quality of life. And then Admit you it. You just say, want to control women, Christine. Oh, wait, you're a woman. Right. You said what is the opposite of pro-birth? Pro-death? Right, exactly. I mean, pro-dying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, totally. I, I don't know what you want me to say. Um, so, yes, I am pro-birth. I want the baby to be born naturally. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that reminds me. You, I, I just saw you came out with a great uh, sweater or clothing line. And why don't you share with us about mandates? Yeah. About that. I thought that was hilarious. So, I... Um, yeah, we're mandating everything these days, you know, <laughs> mandating masks, mandating, you know, the jab, mandating this, that, and the other. And I'm like, if we're going to mandate something, I don't, I don't agree with mandates, but if we're going to mandate something, <laughs> let's mandate birthdays. Every baby deserves to see their birth. And every, right. So I am pro-birth in that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, you know, even after the birth, 
so many organizations That's are there right. and I have resources to connect women to, but I also tell them if you need me, call me. Yeah. If you need help with food or groceries or That's rent right. or something, call me. I'll yep. rally the troops and we'll get behind you. Yep. We're here so, until they don't need us anymore. The story that you just told about all of that, Christine, uh, <clears throat> reminds me of probably one of the most little known stats in this debate, um, but people like you and I know. All of the best studies have shown that religious conservatives, yep. in particular, religious conservatives, yep. um, outgive mm -hmm. um, any other sort of socioeconomic or racial class. Mm -hmm. um, religious conservatives give more of their money in charity, in donations, than than Democrats, than mm -hmm. liberals. Red states, writ large, tend to be more generous yep. towards charity than blue states. Um, and and uh, and yet we're told that the pro-life movement doesn't care about supporting families well, and after the baby's born. The blue households tend to make more as well. That's so we insane. make less and we give more. Yes. We're also more likely to adopt and yeah. do all of these things that they say we don't do. If you <laughs> yeah. look at the studies, we do them. That's right. We're more likely to foster. Yep. Um, but so see, what they mean it's is, just a is they mean the government. Right. It's very easy to sort of <laughs> prostitute your uh, generosity yeah. to the government and then claim that you're really compassionate and sacrificial because you vote for Marxist Democrats who are pro-abortion. And <laughs> yeah. then I gave it to and somebody then, else. And then I support yeah. massive social safety net programs to help people so that they can choose life for their babies. But that, of course, actually just ends up harming everyone. Yeah. Uh, because what about the quality of life of the people who have to pay more taxes mm -hmm. in forced uh, sort of forced generosity yeah. rather than me willingly giving of my funds to that's, support families. That's something that I bring up because often people say, well, what are you doing? Or, you know, that's what they want to know. What do you do? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Here, this is what I do. I'll list right. it out for you. But yeah. um, they say, well, you know, what about programs or social programs? And I'm thinking mm -hmm. we want women to be independent. That's right. We don't want them to be dependent on the government. Right. So our goal is to help them so long as they need it on the way to becoming dependent or independent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them being dependent on the government is not a win. That's right. That's, that's not right. a win. You know, yeah. she needs to be doing it on her own and, and wow. capable. That's going to make her more empowered. If she that's has right. to depend on the government, she's not going to be empowered. That's right. Well, it actually goes down to the same root problem, doesn't it? Because for the pro-choicer, the, the pro-choicer, Christine, I'm sure you'll agree, may be the most selfish type of person there is. I mean, you're so selfish that, that you're going to put your happiness, your income, how many freaking avocado toasts you can buy. Like you're going to put all of that above the life of a human being that yeah. in 99% of cases you created consensually. You're, it you're wasn't rape, right? It's like, mm -hmm. you said, my body, my choice. No, you made that choice when you got in bed. So it's like, so of course, abortion is incredibly selfish. It's one of the most selfish things you could think of. So no surprise yeah. when you tell them, here's a solution to help families, villages, communities, individuals mm -hmm. being sacrificial and coming around families who need help. Then the pro-choicer goes, oh gosh, that means more money out of my pocket. That right. means less oat milk lattes. Well, then I have to do something. Now I have now to I do have to something. Oh, up. I just wanted yeah. Joe Biden to do it for me. Right. So I could say I'm compassionate. Right. So it's actually the same problem. It's the same worldview. It's just selfishness. Um, which is, I mean, you could you could argue it may be one of the root problems of, of almost all of the problems in our sort of political climate today. And, of course, the love of power. But uh, what a beautiful way to redeem social media platforms though, know, in a time when it's just so like, oh, the cancellations and the filth on there. And yet you're you're redeeming it in a beautiful way to save yeah. to save well, lives. Piggybacking off of what you just said that, you know, if. 
in order to help women and not have it come through taxes, you actually have to do something and step up and be there for women. And if you're pro-woman, you will do that. Right. Um, I actually often ask pro-aborts, you know, when they come on my page or troll me or they say this or that. And I say, you know, like I do baby registries. Would you like to donate? <laughs> never, never. Occasionally, they'll, occasionally I'll get one that will say yes. Wow. And then when I go back and ask, I'm like, okay, here's a baby registry. Here's your opportunity to donate. Wow, good for you. They don't contact me back. <laughs> and, I, and I don't share it publicly with anybody else. Sure. Because then I know if they purchased or if they didn't. Because I'm like, okay, sure. prove me wrong. Yeah. If you're pro-woman and you support women who choose life, not just they women who choose choice. abortion. They chose. Right? <laughs> if, you, if you support women's choice to choose life, yeah, yeah, yeah. then prove me wrong. I yeah. have not had one single pro-abortion supporter yeah. help with baby registries yep. or support women in that way. Yep. Disgusting. I did a episode the other day, Christine, uh, called the, the abortionist and the FDA commissioner who want unborn babies and their mothers to die. Uh, the new FDA co commissioner that's, um, right now, thankfully Republicans are working very hard to prevent, but Robert Califf, he served as the FDA head, um, in the last year of the Obama administration. And during that time, he expanded the use of the abortion pill from seven to 10 weeks and he stopped requiring non-lethal adverse events from the abortion pill to be reported. Uh, so the guy's a total degenerate. Yeah. And now he's, he looks like, uh, unless Republicans can really rally together to prevent his, his confirmation, he'll be the new head of the, of the FDA. Um, and as you well know, the um, abortion supporting groups sued the FDA last year to get rid of the safety regulations yeah. on the sale of the abortion pills called the Risk Evaluation Mitigation Strategy, REMS, mm -hmm. which all, all that's said is that, is that you have to come in for an in-person evaluation with a physician before you get the abortion pill so that we can perform an ultrasound to confirm gestational age and to ensure you, you don't have a tubal or ectopic pregnancy. Right. Because I talk to, I have pro-life OBGYNs on the show all the time, Christine, and they tell me, oh, about 50% of the women I'm seeing at any point during the pregnancy were anywhere from one to six weeks off of how far along they thought wow. they were. So yeah. many women may think that they're eight or nine weeks along and they're saying, okay, cool, I'll get the abortion pill because you can take it through 10 weeks, but they're really right. 12 or 13. Yeah. That leads to incomplete abortions. It could lead to infection, sepsis, or death for the mom. Yeah. And then the, 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 the effects of the abortion pill that a woman feels are very similar to what she would feel with an ectopic pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So when you don't rule out ectopic pregnancy, and she it does have a tubal pregnancy and she starts right. feeling the she effects of it. Different. She just thinks it's the abortion yeah. pill. Now she's dead in her restroom. She's hemorrhaging. Now she's dead. And good job, abortion industry. Yeah. But it goes to your same point, right? They're getting rid of these safety regulations on the sale of the abortion pill. So now you can get it snail mail, shipped to your mailbox. Yeah. And, uh, and especially for women who live in rural America, if they have those problems, the hospital, by the time they get to the hospital, it's yeah. too late. They're dead. Um, but don't worry, Christine, they definitely care about healthcare for right. women. <laughs> they actually were, um, at the, I'm sure you saw the video that went viral of the women taking the abortion pill outside the Supreme Court at the Dobbs yeah, I rally. Yeah. I was there and they offered the, shout your abortion woman. the little abortion pill boxes. They offered me those boxes. They said, Hey, do you want any of these boxes? And at first I was like, goodness gracious. No, like, you know, kept walking. And then I was like, no, go back and get those boxes so that nobody else can get those boxes. Yeah, yeah, so then yeah, you just yeah, trash yeah. them so nobody else can Good see them. They you. didn't have actual pills in them, but they had a QR code telling you how to get them. It's just strangers on the street passing them out. I'm like, you're not, you're not a doctor. Yeah. You didn't ask me about any of my health conditions. You didn't ask if I was pregnant. You didn't ask anything. You don't care about me. Yeah. You don't. You don't have any idea how this is going to affect me if I have any other prior yep. conditions that are going to make this not work or yep. you know whatever. So. 
it, it's gone from, you know, a choice between a woman and her doctor to, you know, just grab your abortion pills from a stranger on the street. That's right. You know, know. basically, Isn't it's like a drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> just here, in the box. All it was a white box said abortion pills. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I Didn't know. tell me anything. Isn't and then we got multiple boxes. They, yeah, they talk. Yeah, exactly. It should be a so decision stupid. between her and her doctor. It should be safe. It's healthcare. Remember, abortion is healthcare, yeah. Christine. Oh, but now Let's you're sending the them doctor. back into back alleys again, yeah. removing the doctor, letting them get the abortion pills shipped to their mailbox with no consulting yeah. of a doctor whatsoever. In fact, pimps now can just pose yeah. as, as 23-year-old women, get the abortion pill sent to them, slip it into the their girls' drinks mm-hmm. that they have working for them as sex slaves to abort any baby so that they can keep being uh, sexually productive. I mean, this is happening. Yeah. I mean, pimps and tra- traffickers can get the abortion pill. There, there is nothing set up online in these pill mill websites to confirm that this woman is the real woman, right. that she is over 18. There, yeah. There's nothing that. You yeah. can just gra- grab it. So, they don't um, care. so much for women. I know. It is. It's, <laughs> it's devastating to see. You know, we kind of talk sarcastically about it because it's so stupid. Right. Like, how can, there's no logic here. How, how can you think this way? But when we really get down to it, it, it truly is the most anti-woman thing. Yep. You know, it, it, it encourages traffickers to continue to abuse women, men yep. to continue to abuse women, men to pressure women into abortion. We don't talk about that, yep. you know? Like, I think I, I, right. the statistic off my head, off the top of my head is somewhere around 75% of women have said, I think it's maybe 73, is said that they felt pressured Pressure. by someone else. <clears throat> right. And I'm thinking, how is that pro-woman? Yeah. Someone else making her make this decision, whether it's a boyfriend or a husband or a pimp or a parent or uh, you know just a friend yeah. pressuring her. I mean... Yeah. What are we really doing? Yeah. You know, we need to be doing more. All of us in our communities need to be doing yeah. more, especially with, you know, the potential to overturn Roe and it's going to yeah. go back to our states anyway. Like <clears throat> that's, that's true. That's really what we need to be doing is yeah. local stuff. It's Which is really when our work actually begins. Yeah. You know, overturning Roe v. Wade would be a phenomenal, huge success and yeah. celebration. But man, even but if, still if, work. if it does in June... That means it took us 49 years, and now it's actually time to put on our big boy pants and go to work. Yeah. Because now it's when it really begins. Right. Because now we actually have more of a legislative voice. Yeah. Whereas before, it was just taken from the states. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when states try to pass like soft soap legislation, like um, if, if a woman is pursuing an abortion because of the Down syndrome diagnosis, the race, or the gender mm-hmm. of the baby... That if it's sought after for those reasons, then you can't get an abortion. Yeah. States have tried to pass this legislation yeah. all the time. Guess who always Which files out a lawsuit? Sense. ACLU, abortion supporting groups. Yeah. It's like, but you said you were pro woman. If if a if a if a dad or a woman is saying, I only want boys, and so if I get pregnant with a girl, I'm going to abort her every time. Yeah, uh, that's called gender side. Right. Um, and that does, that's probably the least feminist thing you could ever support. But they're totally fine with it because no, it was never are. about feminism. It was never about women. It was never about healthcare. It was about power and money. In Colorado, we're actually uh, there's a bill that's supposed to be coming up in our state, which is a super pro-abortion state. We have yeah. no limits on abortion at yeah, all. I, I think the only one is that you have to, if you're under 18, you have to tell your parents or get parental consent. Which there's even ways around that yeah. in the judicial system, and they tell you the ways around that. Yeah. Um, so it's not really even a restriction, but because abortion isn't protected. Like, there are no restrictions, but it's not necessarily protected and codified. They're trying to do that in Colorado right now. Yeah. And there was uh, a woman who met with some other pro-life people who, you know, do a lot legislatively. 
and she was on the pro-abortion side, and I think she's one of the people who are helping write this legislation. Wow. And she, they said, what about babies who are discriminated against or a woman who has an abortion because, you know, maybe the mom is white and the dad is Mexican right. or the dad is black yeah. or Asian or whatever. Uh, what about if it's because the baby's the wrong gender? And she said, well, it's none of my business why a woman gets an abortion. So they don't actually care. You know, these racial discriminate, yeah. this discrimination they preach about and they say that, right. you know, abortion affects, you know, minorities more. We need to be have abortion for minority yeah, communities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet yeah, you'll diversity, let somebody... equity, inclusion. <laughs> yeah, right. You'll let somebody abort that baby yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're the wrong race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, th so they don't right. actually care. Um, right. If it's wrong to discriminate against someone uh, based off of their skin color or gender... Wouldn't it be significantly worse to kill them because right. of their skin color and right. gender? And the abortion left says, no, not at all. On that point, like, Christine, I just saw this this morning. This was from uh, last night from Glenn Youngkin. Remember in oh, Virginia, yeah, yeah, who yeah. became governor, who I was concerned with because he has a more sort of progressive past. Mm -hmm. He's sort of a Clintonite, I think. He's not this rock rib conservative. Uh, he's not 100 pro-life. No, right? he's not even he's the pro-life like we would like yeah, him to yeah, be, correct? Yeah. But he positioned himself well on parents' rights against the critical race theory yes, because you remember that the, you know, the school there in, in Virginia, um, I'm forgetting the name of it right now, Loudoun County Schools, yes. right? The Loudoun whole thing, County the Daily Wire exposed yeah. with the, the transgender, whatever, the, mm -hmm. the boy who said he was a girl, walked into the girl's restroom, raped a girl. Yeah. I mean, like horrible, horrible. Yeah. We can't even go into the details. And so what was what was Loudoun County's uh, solution to that? Oh, we need to make all of our restrooms transgender. Right. What in the world is wrong with you? So Glenn Youngkin runs against critical race theory and against this kind of stuff, wins, has mm -hmm. an attorney general who's black conservative pro-life woman named Winsome Sears. And, and so amazing. I think they're influencing him pretty well in the right direction. Yeah. This just came out. Speaking of, you know, diversity and equity and disparities among racial classes, it's, here is what Glenn Youngkin just did. He just did an executive order appointing his chief diversity opportunity and inclusion officer, which sounds super leftist, yeah. right? Except he just said the chief diversity opportunity and inclusion officer will also work to promote ideas. <laughs> right. right. Diversity of ideas. Yes. The left likes diversity, diversity of, of race, but not ideas. So yes. he's trolling them. Ideas, policies, and practices to eliminate dispar disparities. He's using all their language in prenatal care and yes. be and be Amazing. an ambassador for unborn children. I love that. So this is an executive order. This is the chief executive uh, equity, inclusion, and diversity officer of Virginia that's going to be dealing with disparities in prenatal care and being an ambassador for unborn children. Yeah. I think we're Pretty just, incredible. we're done with these people who get elected and just don't do anything. Right. You know, they do this when they're running and campaigning and then they that's get right. in office and they get cushy and comfortable yeah. and, you know, kind of forget about what they said. We're done with that. Yeah, that's and right. if you look at who's like the most popular politician right now, I mean, obviously some people will DeSantis. say Trump, but yes, I would say DeSantis. I yeah. don't understand why every conservative governor or politician right. isn't just going hard on yeah. every single topic that we care about yeah, that's right. because everybody's rallying around him. Yeah, like everybody right. loves DeSantis right yeah. now. And I hope that Glenn Youngkin takes a couple of pages from DeSantis' yes, book I hope and so. is doing that. And they, I saw that they're looking at doing legislation similar to Texas in Florida recently. Yep, they're considering um, that. Yep, which they're is pushing fantastic. That as well. But yeah. I mean, really, we want somebody who's going to do something. Yeah, like, be right. our voice. Just like we're the voice for the, the pre-born, we want somebody who's going to be our voice in office. Like, 
actually do something. Don't just sit it's there and It's almost like the founders job. had that in mind or something. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But, you know, yeah. then it becomes a career. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, we have, both sides. we have a lot to learn from the left. The left has standards, and they will push their standards. Oh, and they will require uh, dogmatic uh, agreement with their standards. And yeah. if you don't, they'll treat you as a heretic of their religion, yeah. the religion of secular progressivism. And if, if we don't start demanding standards from our elected representatives to actually advocate for ideas, mm-hmm. to conserve something, to fight back, yeah. um, then we're, we are going to lose this country forever. Um, but so much of that really goes back to the issue of life. Because in abandoning the pre-born for 49 years, we become apathetic and tolerant towards yeah. a whole other range of evil as well. Um, well, yeah. as, as, we, as we close out, I want you to share about an experience you had recently on a pretty viral um, YouTube social media account. It's a group called Jubilee. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these you see these groups that do this, like, you know, pro versus anti kind of debate. And so yeah. they do ones on pro versus anti mandate or vaccine, you know, religious conservatives with, you know, leftists, um, you know, transgender versus, you know, a more classical view uh, and true view of gender and biology. Um, and so they did one on abortion recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually reached out to me, but I, I couldn't make it. And I, I get very concerned with these groups because I know what they can do in post-editing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but you, took, you took it and, and you, you made some really powerful points. Unfortunately, they cut out a lot of, of, of what you said. But share a little bit about that experience um, and kind of what that's like to, to uh, speak with some of the most radical people yeah. uh, on social media on, on abortion today. Um, but at least you had an opportunity to speak. Yeah. Well, so I had some of the same concerns you did. I was like, you know, what is the editing going to look like? Are they going to chop this answer over here and put it with this question to make it look like I'm responding to something different that I wasn't? Um, I was definitely concerned about that, but I was like, you know what? Just do it. Just do it. Uh, you know, maybe you regret it. Maybe you don't. So I did it and I flew out there and I had no idea like who they were going to have on the other side. Was it going to be right. people who knew what they were talking about, didn't know what they're talking about. And I don't know if you watched the whole episode. You could see there was a gentleman who kind of went back and forth on so many issues, like didn't really know where he stood, who was on their side. Right. Um, and they did. They cut out a lot of what we said. It was like a two and a half hour conversation. They had to whittle it down to maybe um, 25 minutes, I think Gosh. is what it was. So, and there was a lot of people who didn't talk very much, but they had to make them look like they did talk. So I got cut out a lot. Um, But what what they took out on the other side, which I was hoping that they would keep in, there was a woman, um, and if anybody watches it, it was, she had the nose ring, um, very, very pro-abortion, thought that abortion should be celebrated. And, you know, she loves abortion, although she says she's never had one. Um, So I'm like, you don't really know how it affects women. (laughs) You're just saying these things. but she was going on and on, and we would say things like, you know, a, a mother doesn't have two hearts or 20 fingers or 20 toes. Um, and she's like, well, actually, they do. You know, when a mother's pregnant, you know, two hearts become one. And if, if the woman chooses abortion, the mother gods take the baby um, back and then give it to another family when it's that baby's time. And I'm sitting there the whole time thinking... Please keep this in. Please keep oh, this in. Please keep this goodness. in. You sound like a nut job. Like, <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is yeah. insane. And they cut it. Uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course. And then uh, another, something else that she said, same woman, she said um, she was okay with a two-year-old yeah. being killed. Two-year-old. Yeah. If it infringed on somebody else's bodily autonomy, we're like, you know, you're okay with it in the womb. You know, what if what if there's a toddler? And she was like, yes. Even the pro-abortion supporters were like, yeah. 
excuse me? Yeah. And then she kind of backtracked after yeah. that, but they took that out as she's well. Been, she's been probably reading some Peter Singer. I she's, she's very involved in Texas and she's very pro-abortion and she does stuff with like, a, yeah. I think she works for a pro-abortion group, but it was good to be there because I was yeah. able, even if they cut out a lot of what I said, the people who were there heard yeah. it. Um, there was a woman who was recently post-aborted, which I can't believe they even had her on. She had just had one three months ago. And I'm like, how dare you guys have her on here and have her talk about this. And she was hurting. You could see it. She talked about it. Um, and actually I said something to her and told her that I was tearing up listening to her story. They cut that out too. Um, because it was, she was saying I'm hurting. She literally said that on air. Like I'm hurting. This is, you know, it's hard for me. And I felt like they were exploiting her to make it you know, align with their agenda and narrative. Um, So I'm glad that I was there. I'm glad that we were able to talk to them. I know that um, one of the women who was on my side, on the pro-life side, gave some literature to her for like post-abortive healing. Um, So that was good. There was a gentleman there who his girlfriend had had a couple of abortions and we talked to him. His mom had also had some abortions and he, he said he sees both of them hurting. Yeah. Both of them. And he was the one who was kind of back and forth and didn't really know where he stood. You know, like you're supposed to come up when you agree or, yeah. you know, yeah. he would like leave and then come back and leave and come back. So I knew that he was kind wow. of struggling with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we were able to talk to him and I told him, I said, if your girlfriend wow. gets pregnant again, call me. Yeah. Don't you do that to her again. Do not let her regret that. You say, you're telling me that you see her hurting. You're seeing her hurt. Yeah. And he was living in a car at, at one point in time wow. and said, I will help you. I will do whatever. I will come out here and help you find resources. Yeah, I will yeah. fly out here. I will be there for you. Um, so I think that regardless of, you know, the viral video or what, you know, a bunch of trolls say, or maybe we change minds, maybe we didn't. I'm glad that those two individuals heard us yeah. and we were able to talk to them. Yeah. So it was a good experience. Would I do it again? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because they did edit out so much. I yeah. wish they would have. I'm sure you made some, some wonderful hours. points that, did, that didn't make it. But yeah. this just means that the importance of, of pro-lifers, of Christians, of conservatives fighting back in the media wars, yeah. building out our up. infrastructure, our yeah. content, and doing the similar type of, of events, bringing on people yeah. who disagree, and then releasing the whole thing. Yeah. And, and letting them expose how, how degenerate they, their ideas are. Right. Um, my, what I always want to do is to get our friend Melissa Odin or other abortion survivors onto those types of events, <laughs> because what do you tell an abortion survivor? Know. You know, I, so, so it's a, it's a bad thing that you're telling me it's a bad thing that the abortion failed because right. my that mom I'm was alive. trying to practice reproductive health care right. and it failed and the failure was a person, me. Yeah, so when did my bodily that. autonomy rights mm-hmm. begin? Uh, you know, abortion survivors are, well, are they, just the bane of the pro If they reach out to you again, suggest her to. Because <laughs> yeah, I right. made the suggestion of Tony and they were going to have her on. She ended <clears throat> yeah. up not, and not, it didn't work out. Yeah. But that was something else they threw in there uh, to a gentleman who was there who was white. They're like, well, you're not, first off, you're a man. You can't tell us anything, but you're also not black or a minority. So you, your opinion doesn't matter. Yeah. And I was like, oh God, I wish Tony was here in this moment yeah, yeah, because yeah, they yeah. would really like just. That's right. Zip their yeah. mouth. Yeah. Well, we'll have to do stuff together. We'll have to do more street stuff and, and really taking the these stuff. ideas to home, yeah. really enforcing that dialogue with people um, who who often don't have the courage of their convictions. Yeah. But if they do and they're willing to contend ideologically, um, it's very easy to quickly expose the contradictions, the mm-hmm. evil agenda and the belief that they have. And so I'm going to try to do some of that this week in D.C. I'm excited for that. I'm Sometimes sure you, you are as well. Sometimes you see them thinking, like even when you force them to think, because yep. a lot of times they don't think about it. When you force them to think, sometimes you see their wheels turning and yep. their mind changing as they're talking or you're talking. They're yep. like, wait, 
I really think this? I, no, I don't yeah. think this. You know, That's so right. I That's hope right. that you experience some of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, maybe we'll see you on the Supreme Court steps, I'll and, be there. and we'll be asking those hard questions. And you, you'd be welcome, of course, to come join us and see yeah. who, who will actually contend with us, um, because we need to create that kind of content, and we need to uh, put those ideas out online to to fight back against groups right. like Jubilee, the ACLU, Planned Parenthood, the mainstream media, the liberal establishment mm-hmm. that has always worked together to promote abortion. Uh, and so, it, you know, this is a relatively small podcast considering larger ones, but being able to work together to promote life um, yeah. and to fight back is important, especially in the season we're in. Uh, Christine, how can people connect with you, with Be Their Village, uh, with supporting your campaigns yeah, for, for pregnant yeah. mothers looking for help. So, How can people connect with you? Be Their Village website is under construction. I don't have that one up right now. I do have christinejurgen.com, which is my website. You can get the mandate birthday sweatshirt on there um, uh, or book me to speak. And I'm, I'm working on getting the Be Their Village one up. There's been a lot of like that went from just being on social media to people saying, we want to give monthly, we want to do this, we want to do that. So I'm really having to like file with the state and do a whole bunch of other things and make it like an actual legitimate organization, not just something on social media, which is beautiful that it's even able to grow into something more. Um, So that's under construction. You can find me on Instagram at Christine Jurgen, and that's where we do the baby registries. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, what a, what a cool way to to fight back and for churches and Christians who are listening to this, Listen, uh, why isn't your church doing this? Yeah. Why Why, why is Christine doing this um, and pregnancy centers reaching out to her because they know that she'll help? Yeah. Where is the church? Yeah. Uh, and so uh, consider bringing Christine to an event, to your church. Uh, follow her online. Uh, give to, to any of her campaigns to help, to help babies and mothers. Um, and... Uh, Thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. I we wish you the it. best at the Pro Life Summit. It's been fun. Bring the fire. Yeah, um, well, I will. And, uh, and we'll try to fight back against Muriel Bowser and uh, <laughs> all of these crazy, crazy people. Um, but I think this is just the beginning. And, and God's certainly moving through yeah. the country, through the church, and through the pro life movement now. So thanks We're for your winning voice. And we will win. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for joining the show today, guys. Uh, head on over to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Give the show a rating and review. Uh, we really help it. It helps us reach more people. We'll put Christine's details in the show notes. Go follow her, support her work um, as well in a crazy pro-abortion state of Colorado. If you want to support this show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash unaborted uh, and uh, become a patron of the show. Check out our, our tiers and perks you get for supporting the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, and we'll be coming to you with more interviews and content from our time here in Washington, D.C. for the 49th Annual March for Life. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted.